say, how are you? Well, okay. So with those pretty grim, dark words, I think the 2023 Tour de France has been conceded. Uh, Pogaccia. It's succinct. It's clear. We should have slapped a language warning on that. We know where he stands. We've we've just lost our primary school audience. Uh, Wow. Uh, Look, huge, huge. Uh, Tade Pogaccia proving that he's human, of course. Race radio. Look, he's. I, I always love his honesty. I think it's really difficult in those moments to have, you know, a particularly expansive vocabulary to describe <laughs> how you feel. Yeah. Um, swear words were there for emphasis, I think. <laughs> I think he's nailed it. It is interesting, you know, for all the debate over the years about what is an exciting Tour de France. This has got to be one of the cracker ones, but it'll finish with a huge time gap. I mean, seven minutes and 35 seconds at this stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've still got one more uh, stage in the mountains on Saturday night, the penultimate stage. You're a noted statistician. Uh, Let's (laughs) – we go back in the books. So this level of gap – what what are we talking? How far back are we going? Uh, We're going back to 2014, um, and that was – Counting Nine backwards. years. That was when Nibali beat Jean-Christophe Perrault and the gap was seven minutes and 37 seconds. Okay. So it has been a fair while. I mean, nine years, but that was then a huge time gap yeah. for the history. Yeah. But if we look back to 2021, five minutes and 20 it was between the Pog and Jonas. And Jonas. In the other way around. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that it at all. But actually, when we say that, Five minutes, 20, and it was a pretty boring tour because Pog <laughs> okay. got the yellow jersey early. He got it early, secured it. Yeah. Won lots of stages yep. and there was never a, really a race in it. So it's been different. This has been the most exciting it tour has. in a long time and that also happens to be a it, giant uh, overall gap so far. It's been neck and neck until it hasn't been. I think the last couple, pretty much starting with that time trial, which we'll talk about as well, but... Seeing Pog crack and all of that, I felt a little bit sad, but also uh, very exciting times for your family as well, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great distant that Danish cousin. blood, yes. <laughs> uh, look, this is the Wheelhouse Podcast. We're back in the bunker as the Tour de France races inexorably towards its conclusion. And, and as we say, the conclusion is pretty much foregone as, we, as, as time stands, unless something really badly goes wrong for uh, for Yumbo. Don't mention it. And Jonas, I'm not I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. I am just saying. It's a massive, massive time gap. My name's Joel Spreadborough. Catherine Bates is here. You've been watching it all. I'm pedaling just along. gearing up. It's been yep. nearly a month of sleep deprivation, but it will not end. No, it um, won't. We've got the Tour de France Femme. We've got the Super Worlds in Glasgow. Yeah, all we're, happening. We're going to talk about all of it today. We are. Joel. We're going to have a very special guest along too. So if you are even c- contemplating changing the channel or however you're listening to us, I, I insist that you don't because it's going to be well worth hanging around for as we head up to the TDFF. Now, let's stay on this to start off. So let's let's go to that time trial because I don't think I've seen anything quite spectacular as the mm-hmm. mid, mid, mid-time trial saying, oh, shit, shit, he's catching up to the cars. Oh, no, what are we going to do here? <laughs> he, he actually nearly... Ran Pog down. So out comes out, everyone's like, whew, lightning. Pog comes out, everyone goes, oh, gee, whew, put down the glasses. And then this happens. Well, they started with 
a two-minute gap Yeah. Um, at that end. And, yes, Pog uh, nearly got mowed down by uh, Jonas out there. What was remarkable, I think, it wasn't just that it was one of the most incredible time trials we've seen in a while. It's yeah. just the execution. Uh, he wasn't just a robot who can climb and he just took all of that time. There's been some side-by-side technique comparisons, especially around the early cornering, and he's making up two to three seconds on each corner simply by the way uh, that he's attacking in and out of the corner and the line that he's taking. These are the same corners that other riders are falling on, yeah, of course. Falling or even just yeah. pace-wise being yeah. a lot more cautious and a lot more conservative around it. And I think what we're really seeing here, more than the fact that Jonas is an absolute machine, because you know yeah. that's pretty obvious, but it's almost like watching Chris Froome um, a little bit insofar as can climb very obvious, can time trial very obvious, but in years past, his weak spot, his vulnerability has certainly been around skills, confidence, technique. Yep. So he's gone away from years past. He's worked on that. And now, I mean, we're seeing that certainly this year, he's unbeatable. Well, we've spoken about it and, and we've speculated throughout this year. We've we've thrown that the old, where's Jonas? What's going on here? Is he wilting? No. Turns out, whoever said it, you or me, probably you, was right that he was timing his run and he's timed mm. it beautifully. I want to ask you about Pogaccia because this, we spoke, obviously everyone spoke about him breaking his wrist earlier in the year and there was a little bit of noise at the time about, oh, geez, not really treating his recovery as maybe with as much respect as he should be. He's rushing back. He's not doing what he should be doing. What's playing the part in where he's at like is that is it related to that do you think or is he just is he just getting beaten by a better rider at this point i think given the time gaps there's no question that this year Vinger goes the best yeah. jonas has just come with his a game in every way shape and form in saying that you definitely can't say that pogacha had the perfect lead in with the injury with the broken bone and we should also mention that he didn't handle it as well as he could have. He said that himself, yeah. that he didn't. He went against the advice for yeah. rehab on it. How much has that affected him? We'll never really know. But he's certainly missing that that top little bit. But if you do look at the GC and the snapshot, because that's what it always is until the final stage, it's still another three-plus minutes back to Adam Yates in third. Yep. It's still on top of that three minutes Two further minutes back to fourth with Carlos Rodriguez. So I don't think there's any doubt that he's still in pretty exceptional He's still at the form. absolute top of the sport, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just probably that intersection of Jonas being on the absolute best form of his life yeah. with Tade coming in, you know, a little bit vulnerable. Yep. They did change his preparation this year uh, in the classics, which he had tremendous success. Bit him in the butt a bit with his yep. injury. But at the same time, if he got beaten last year, he had to change up his approach. If you just keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting beaten. I like it. Like, I think it's brave of them yeah. to say, we're going to go after this with everything and try something different. And I dare say that at the end of the year, when they have their wrap-up meeting of, you know, what worked, what didn't work, yep. um, like we do here at the wheelhouse, yep. you know, we have those honest conversations. The Christmas party. The, yeah. <laughs> yes. I've been wanting to say this to you for ages, it, yeah. It's really important that they do that in an environment where 
he's so valued and he values himself as well, yeah. has enough confidence that they can go, I don't think we should try that again. This worked, this didn't work and move on to the next year. There's not a lot of writers who actually have the capacity with the team to do that because we'll touch on it a bit later, but if you look at Caleb Ewan, he certainly hasn't been in a position where he and his team can have that kind of honest feedback and yeah. then mould the next season yep. um, around that. But I'm pretty confident this won't be the last um, big tour battle we see between these two. It doesn't seem so. I mean, potentially it could go on for a decade. Well, I just I just go back to thinking that that seeing him crack um, as well, it's just maybe just, just a little bit underdone, maybe just not quite there. They had wildly different preparations as we know as well and I just he's to come out and just say I'm dead well he led with some more colorful language than <laughs> that but just. just to say like I yeah it's it's sort of a concession on more levels than one it's like yeah I lost today I'm losing overall I just think looking at this bigger picture battle which is a battle that's been running all year leading up to this he's He's off the pace. He's been found out. It's a beautiful rivalry, though, isn't it? It's a delicious, delicious it rivalry. Is. I mean, we've enjoyed the beautiful rivalry of the um, Wout Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool yeah. for years. Uh, Even though they're just like, what? What a, rivalry? Well, that's been Don't a bit of a fizzer this tour, hasn't it? Has it has been. Well, let's talk about Wout. We'll, 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 we've got a few things to get through here. I want to talk about the Aussies as well. There's some good Aussie juju happening amid some disappointment as well. Uh, but quickly... Wout Van Aert, uh, while, while you mentioned him, um, he's done. He's gone. He's made the call. He's off to have a baby. He's having this second baby, I believe. Second baby. Have we sent a card and flowers? Um, yeah, sure. Merxy? Yeah. Have we Have we done that? Yeah. We, yeah. I think that's... Um, I think he's off the of the news agent doing it right <laughs> I now. I think it's on the... I think it's, uh, it's in the post, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, let's clarify that. His wife is having the baby. Yeah, that's worth clarifying, uh, <laughs> uh, biological <laughs> clarification on offer there. Yes. yes, but I'm pleased that he's in an opportunity where the team is so secure in where they are at the tour that he can make that decision and the team can support him. Yeah. And it's not an issue at all. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody would begrudge him leaving. I don't because, think so. I mean, last week we talked about oh, what should he do? Yeah. Is it reasonable to expect him to stay? The time second... If the time gap was only nine seconds. Ooh. Okay, that's going to change the team attitude toward it potentially. Yeah, I mean potentially. But you don't take a rider knowing the situation without already have have, having had that conversation. They would have had to have. Like this was yeah. always on the on the cards, of I course. I think so. But, you know, yeah. the biggest bummer, Will, he'll leave without a stage win mm. and he'll leave without being able to celebrate on the Champs-Élysées with his team. And is, I think that, you know, that would be a bit of a bummer. Not as much of a bummer as missing the birth of his child. That's exactly if it. If we're comparing. Well, he did his ET quote, um, which I love. He said this, I will remember this as the only tour in which I phoned home every day. So <laughs> really, really good because he's Ooh. he's clearly had his mind elsewhere. And he's still an absolute beast because he's Wout Van Aert. But he, he, he is where he wants to be. And he's had a very, very busy year, a very successful year. He's been all over it. The profile has grown ever larger with Netflix and everything this year as well. I say good on him for choosing, making the heart choice and making the family choice. Well, isn't that a bit of insight though? Doesn't phone home every day. Yeah, exactly. Come That's on, it. our it, fellas. I'm, I'm done. Call I'm... your wives. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Note to the rest <laughs> of the peloton. Yes. Call phone your wives. Phone home. There are people Call stressing, them. sitting on the sofa watching you race. 
Yeah, get on the you phone. Can borrow our phone if all you like. All of you. Yeah. yeah. No, but look, congratulations to him and good luck to them. I, I'm really interested with what you say if it was a much shorter mm. time gap because his role and his uh, incredible array of skills become, you know, not only a bonus but a necessity in those kind of circumstances. But Yumbo, very gushy in the whole look. It's all good. We, mm. we like it. We, we you know. Well, we'll see they, you soon. It's their all good. tour has been perfect. You couldn't write a better tour. It started with some controversy about how was – um, Wout riding, was he riding as a team? Yeah. He had his cranky pants on, yep. you know, water bottles got thrown. There were, yeah, water bottles, bedon tanties. <laughs> bedon tanties, they yep. settled into it. It's for what we, we know it's a team sport, but also one rider wins. Yeah. Um, Yumbo have shown this incredible team tactics, uh, which was particularly notable uh, on the stage where, a couple of their riders went in the break and one by one they dropped back from the break to pick up Jonas after Jonas has, had attacked, ride with him for a while. Yep. They would then run out of juice. The next rider would drop back uh, and pick him up. We saw it happen with Laporte, with Kelderman. It was so beautiful. You could just see that there were so many of the Yumbo athletes who were capable and committed to, um, to the cause. But I want to highlight here, Joel, I can feel a game show idea. A little bit of Aussie excellence here. Oh, here we go. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm thinking like perfect match, oh. right? Because not every team is Yumbo. Yeah. Not every team has five riders who can go in breaks, drop back, do it all. Yeah, I like it. So the best the best support players, the best duos, the best partnerships. The MVPs. The yeah, yeah the, the perfect matches. I think perfect match is taken. Oh, we I call don't know. It, it hasn't been on telly love. for a while. It's possible that the uh, trademark has expired. I just, I like Wheel Love. Yeah, it's, it's a you really know, you nice don't, name. Though. You don't. <laughs> okay, that's all right. We'll workshop it. So. Okay, who do you, who have you got? Galutzi. Galutzi yeah. O'Connor. Yep. And Felix Gall. <sighs> Took the stage win. Ben O'Connor. Got his glutes working exceptionally well. Didn't he just? To take him up the climbs. But, you know, Felix Gall at the end of it was like Rocky. He was looking for O'Connor. He was like, burn! Because <laughs> he was so happy with, with what O'Connor had done. And glutes, he photo-bombed or interview-bombed, video-bombed <laughs> mid-post-race interview. Yeah. He just comes on in for the big, um, bromance. big bromance hug. Yeah. I loved it. It was outstanding. These outstanding pair, work. I like... Until now, I feel like the Mark Cavendish and uh, Mark Renshaw bromance is the strongest the sports scene. But on this one stage at the tour, we yeah, had all massive. these beautiful ones emerge. Yep. Okay. So we had. Uh, we also had, of course, Chris Harper. We did. He was riding in service of Yates, and yes. that was beautiful. It was lovely, and, and I like thing. that you're highlighting this, Kate Bates, because we often talk about. It's it's a, it's an individual sport made up of teams and and individuals doing their individual thing to go for individual glory. Ben O'Connor himself has said, "Look, it hasn't been quite the tour that I wanted it to be, but gee, I had a good time helping out Felix." And what a good fella to be able to take the disappointment of aiming for a podium and it not happening. Yeah. And instead of just tail between the legs, yeah. ride to the finish, Toys but out of the for cot, nothing, that sort of stuff. He diverts yeah. and he's able to contribute to his teammate winning the stage into the team. I thought that was excellent. Uh, Jack Haig for Pelo Bilbao, yeah. another one who perhaps we had some slightly bigger ambitions for, albeit a late call-up. And uh, look at what we've got. That was a brilliant ride from yeah. the Bahrain-Victorious pairing. 
It was. Um, and, and Pog hasn't been completely alone either. I'm going to round out the perfect match column uh, in, in with UAE because I think that as, as much as he's fallen behind, he's had, he's had help when he needs it as well. He Mark's has. There. And so he came on the radio and he said, I'm done. I'm dead. My day's over. Yep. And the team director said, Mark, you stay with today all day. So Mark Solaire, who could have potentially challenged for the stage himself, stayed with today all day. Yep. He looked over, constantly checking that he was okay. They knew. And at the end of the stage, uh, Pog actually said that without Mark, I didn't. I don't know if I'd still be on the podium. He got me through. And it's that kind of like brothership, you know, that camaraderie yeah. that some of these – you know, especially for Glutzy, it's about the stage win and the victory and it is about chasing that. But if you look on the other end, it's also about just getting them there. Getting them there. Yes. Yeah, we've got that. We've got Merxy dialing in. Good morning, Merxy. What about Pogaccio missing Alan Piper? Well, you know, it's good timing you mentioned that, Merxy. Thank you, Merxy. And that's why he's producer extraordinaire, because yeah. he reminds us when we miss dot points on our run down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alan Piper, great point. He he misses the Aussie. He knows Alan Piper was part of today's early success, and I think more than just being a phenomenal, you know, team director and around the physiology, I think he made him feel kind of emotionally safe. He made him feel like no matter what happened, he've got this. And um and Piper's now coming back to uh, Jaco Alula, so yeah. he will be. Joining them and offering some of that. but Getting them back in the green and gold net. Yeah, all the but Aussies. you know, I can understand that because without Gary Sutton, I always felt like I was a little bit um, lost in the woods. And when he went and coached America, that was a bit of a, a tough moment, bloody I thought. Bloody defector. <laughs> yeah. no, I understand why he did it and yeah. they've won some gold medals on the back of it. Sure. Um, Look, but granted. <laughs> these relationships are really important. They um, are. In the sport. And we've seen it in the highs that Tade has seen. And now we're seeing it in, in some of the tougher times. I, I don't want to call it a low, given he's still going to finish, in all likelihood, Touchwood second at the I, Tour well, de that's, France. That's the extraordinary thing about this. So let's, what, yeah. let's catch our terminology yeah, there. Yeah, let's, yeah. Um, but not what he not what he wanted to achieve, let's say that. Uh, race between two. Mm. Like, let's let's be honest. And he has in that context he's been beaten badly, but he's still ahead of a whole lot of other riders. So uh we've seen Yumbo as well, uh Laporte Kelderman obviously supporting Jonas beautifully. Jonas, yeah. uh, Yumbo in the headlines for so many reasons, not only um dominating the tour. But also getting into involved in potential fan scuffles and, and stouches as well. What do you know about this? So this is a really interesting. So there was a crash earlier on um, where Van Hoydonk and Kelderman um, came down like a sack of potatoes after interference from an enthusiastic fan uh, roadside who yep. stepped a little bit too close. Uh, now they were injured, but thankfully not too badly. Some other riders involved in the crash. But Yumbo Visma have said we're calling time. Time's up. It's no longer acceptable. They're, they're professional athletes. There are a million dollars just from a commercial side involved, um, from sponsorship to teams to salaries to athlete well-being. It's not good enough anymore yeah. to for a fan to just say, oh, sorry, I got too close. Yeah. And while it might seem intimidating and you think, oh, come on now, like let's not sue fans, they have a responsibility. And if they don't take that seriously – 
then what is going to make this change if it's not something like legal action? Well, I saw a fan the other night, and it was Pog going past, and his his this guy's friends were trying to hold him back. He, they were trying to hold him back, but he was pushing away. He was that keen to touch Pog. And it's like, it's only a matter of time before that becomes... Oh, absolutely. You know. But what I find interesting is on the flip side of that, I think the organisers need to step up because Pello Bilbao got fined for pushing, punching, touching a fan yep. who was getting all up in his business while they were climbing. Granted, we don't want to see any punch-ups happening, but put yourself in Bilbao's lycra and cleats for a moment. Yeah. You'd do the it's, same. It's tight, but it's I'm, tight. I'm there. It's not fair yep. that he has to even contend with that. So he's now being fined for essentially keeping himself safe and they're saying, oh, you're putting the sporting what a, disrepute. Yeah, what a juicy grey issue I'm going to say ASO have to step up. They yeah, have to okay. keep riders safe. Yep. And they have to make sure that they're not in the position where they're either getting knocked off, where they're punching them to even get through, where motorbikes are stalling and not able to get up the climbs, which is causing all sorts of that's chaos. A, that's another one I want to jump into as well. Because the crowd control isn't there. Are, I'm are, sorry, are we just but talking about, ASO have dropped the ball on this. Yeah, are we just talking about barriers? Are we just talking about like a good two-metre gap and barriers like they did in the game of cricket? Uh, you know, with players getting mobbed on the boundary rope, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I understand that logistically that is difficult when stages go for hundreds of kilometres, but there's definitely sections up climbs where that should happen. Yeah. Um, the rules currently are that it has to be the last kilometres of a mountaintop finish have to be barriered off. Yep. Yep. But I think if we look at all that happens is they move further down the mountain yeah. <laughs> so that they can get close. But if Look, a, hey, we, we, we're guilty of that. I, I, I take you to the <laughs> I know, corkscrew, but that's all right, sure. We didn't touch anyone. But if there was legal action against yeah. the fans who went outside their responsibility, if there was legal action against ASO because they're not taking their responsibility, maybe that has oh, to happen. Yeah. I'm not encouraging oh, it's a litigious. It's big can of worms, but, isn't it? Like, can, but can you, look, I'm, I'm with you. Don't get me wrong. I'm with you here. But can you imagine... The backlash, the fan backlash on on a widespread scale. If that started to happen, I okay. think there'd be a revolt. Now, this is a serious one, but I put it to you. Yeah. What if an athlete suffered a career-ending injury, God forbid, a life-changing injury, yes. because of the actions of a fan? Of a Would fan. it change then? Like, do you wait until that happens? It's because so hard these, to this know. is happening more often. Yeah, it's so hard to know where sentiment. And this is, I, I hate having to say this. This is where sentiment sways, but it, it almost is a, it would almost need, I'm sorry to say this, but something like that to happen for people to be like, oh my God, actually, this is full on. Where if it was just these interactions and all of a sudden there's lawsuits, bans, all that happening, I think people would get the shits with it. But if something really drastic happened, it's like that bucket of cold water poured over the face or. Wait a sec. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't. I'm not saying I want that to happen. I'm just saying that is kind of, I guess, the precursor mm. to. I don't. I don't love the it. litigious route, but I would, I would be very happy for somebody to get sued to change behaviour. To change behaviour before we had to wait for yeah, something yeah, yeah. really serious. To We've happen. been seeing so much of it too. I've only been involved, you know, around interested in the sport for. A few years now. This has been a constant, constant theme throughout that. I remember the very first tour. The 2022 of that massive, massive crash on stage two, which with the sign, it has happened in every grand tour and basically, basically every other race since it's it happens yeah. everywhere. So something needs to happen. 
how do you, how you get it right without alienating, pissing off all the fans? Mm. Well, I'm I'm really keen for our listeners to jump in on this. Yeah. Give us your feedback, guys. Like, what do you think could move the goalposts on this yeah. one? Because and, and as you say, logistically a nightmare. You can't put barriers along a 170 kilometer. Course, no, but you could, you could on the climbs, yeah, you know, or on the penultimate. Again, acknowledging that fans find a way around it. <coughs> Call the screw. <laughs> well, even like, like you know, <laughs> the most recent stage we saw once again. Now this brings in the moto, the motos. So getting in the way, fans trying to push Jonas to help him. Sure, but my goodness, there was so much wrong with that. And and it's yeah. this is the combination. This is the perfect storm of these motorbikes, which I've been talking about ad nauseum, and you've been talking about it, just can't stand them being where they are. We've seen them cause drama throughout this tour as well. We've seen them, there was the argument recently that one of them had slowed Pog down and prevented his, basically stopped his attack because he's, he's just yeah. flat out in front of him. There's that, but then there's this, and then and this is this, this combination where the fans are then coming in trying to push the rider, and Jonas is a, for, for the beast that he is, he's, he seems like a pretty gentle-natured guy, a bit of an introvert, I don't think he'd be enjoying that. No. And um, and I also think that it's not like other sports. You can't ban them from the stadium. That's a really you know? good so point. So it's a complicated one, for the sure. The Modos have been doing my head in, Kate Bates. I've been saying <laughs> it on, on, on descents and everything. I just can't stand it. And that, that incident the other day? Anyway. Tour de France wrapping to its close. A dramatic, dramatic conclusion. Kate Bates and myself, Joel Spreadborough, unpacking all of the important issues. But let's move on. Uh, to the premier women's event in the calendar, of course, the Tour de France Femme, which is coming up very soon as well, Catherine. Tour de France Femme avec Swift. I'm excited because I have myself a cute little um, cap here as well so that I'm nice and coordinated. Nice. Um, but even more than that, I've got a special guest. You have a special guest? Yes. Wow, what a surprise. <laughs> I didn't know about this. And Yes, we have brought in former pro road cyclist, top 10 in the world in the ranking, might I add, gravel bike hall of famer, multitasking. This girl's got skills. Um, and Ali, you've self-described <laughs> yourself as uh, a cowgirl, a scientist and a storyteller, um, podcast host. We've got the wonderful Alison Tetrick. Great to have you here. Oh my goodness. I would never turn down a conversation with you, Kate. This is my Aww. highlights. That's a bit lovely. <laughs> it is. I enjoyed racing with Ali so much because she was an exciting bike racer. Yeah. You know, she saw opportunities in races and um, and took them. There was nothing boring. Um, and on that note, Ali, the Tour de France femme, here we are again. I can't believe it's time for it to happen. But we've more than ever, we've got some really big names turning up. Um, from an Aussie perspective, we've got a, a whole heap of Aussies that are on the start line. Um, but I'm just going to start with the the really obvious question. Who do you like for it? Oh, my goodness. I Everyone likes to not have favourites. And I will tell you, if you know me, I always have favourites. So I... On our start line, we have our obvious favorites of Anamik Van Vluten. We have Stage Hunter wins out of Cecile Ludwig. Um, but every rider has done different preps. So my personal money is on Demi Vollering. And also, she's a dear friend of mine. Okay. I like that because Demi's had a hell of a year. We talk a lot lately, uh, about the SD wall on this show, uh, and I think Demi mm -hmm. has just been... We also talk about Demi-lition, Demi-struction, <laughs> Demi-nation, all of it. 
There's so many oh demons that we God. can play with. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And also, though, if you just meet her, she's just like, yoga, namaste, got some dogs. I like, ride up in my backpack. I camp with my partner, Jan. You know, and she's just, so she had a different approach. So I think what we should look at, too, is the different approaches into the race. Because the Demi Lotion, Demi, I don't know. I, I, Demi, Demi I'm Lotion. To, I'm, Demolition. <laughs> yeah. So the, the demolition though is just been up in the like Alps, you know, having snacks and training at high altitude. And then you have ABV just like crushing the Giro. But you know, also Damie is the queen of the Ardennes, won three back to back. So she's proven the classics, the strength, the power. So I think it's a head to head there, but then yeah. you can get some dark horses in there. So let's look at like an Ashley Moolman Paso to sneak into the top three GC, who also Ooh, just signed another three? year. Okay, I love that. Well, do you think that because everybody, you know, there's so much focus on Demi and on AVV that it opens up opportunities um, for your Ashleys? And yeah. I mean, if we look over at Lidl Trek, even Go Aussie Go Amanda Spratty Blue Shoes. Yeah. Um, are they looking at each other enough that we could get somebody um, really take a big opportunity? I think that with SD Works team, they're not going to let too much go up the road. But now that Trek Segafredo is now Little Trek, but then you have somebody like Gaia. But every time we say like Little Trek Gaia, it makes me laugh because Gaia Gallerina, is, she's, she's quite small. So I know that's not Aussie, (laughs) but she's pocket size. So she can, she can climb quite well. So I think you have some dark horses. That's why, um, Ashley Mulman Paso, who has threatened retirement and then now just signed another contract for the second time in a row. And then, um, on the American side, I know this is Aussie, 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 but on American side, we also have a Veronica Ewers who's done just some like secret escape routes out there and just like gotten a lot of fourth thirds she's proven she's learning the the sport the craft and in you have two riders that are just staring at each other that's a great opportunity for an escape artist to get up the road and then cause a little chaos well, it's fair to say that, um, Ali, you and I were not pocket-sized uh, riders. <laughs> Our strengths uh, were not necessarily in the Alps, but more the breakaways and the sprints. There's been a lot of talk um, about Lorena Vibes, of course, and Charlotte Cool and that kind of rivalry. Um, what are SD Works going to do with Vibes, Lotta Capecchi yeah. and Demi Vollering? Like, they've got a lot to focus on. I think SC Works has done a good job spreading the wealth this year. So at first I was a little concerned with the Strata Bianchi finish where you have two teammates sprinting to the line. And at one point, Damie wins, but you have Kapeki up there who's won it before. And you go, what's that going to look like for the support in these big races? And also Marlon Rooster, you know, they have a huge powerhouse team. But I think this this team has done well is spread the wealth, spread the encouragement that each racer can achieve their own goals when it matches the ultimate goal of the team. So I think that that also plays into the hands of SC Works, which I, in my heart, believe have a stronger team than a team like Movie Star with uh, ABV, where there's opportunity for all. And at one point, people have to choose whether to chase or let it go. And then that's where we can see either GC shakeups and then also the ultimate stage win. So I think it's going to be a fun play for SD Works to use because 
if I'm like playing solitaire, I want their hand or we, poker. We talk I don't a lot know. about the usual suspects, and we have been talking about the the men's tour as well, of course, with Pog and and Jonas and everything. But what about, I guess, some of the lesser? No, I don't mean lesser lights, but lesser lower ish profile riders. And I'm talking about maybe a bit of a local hero in in Juliet Labu or someone like that getting up and. And 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 continuing the form we saw last year, dangerous across different terrain, of course, and just a very well-rounded rider. Uh, is there any room for that, or is it just a race between the megastars? I think there's a hundred percent room for her too, because she was ended up being fourth overall last year, if I'm not mistaken. And there's there's room, and there's also, as you guys know, and Kate and I have raced against and with each other, never with each other, but we were with each other in spirits. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of love that comes in suffering over mountains. Are you guys? Um, you're like the Vanderpoel and Wout Van Aert. You're like the female uh, sistermans, not the bromance, the cismans. Yeah, we'll take yeah. that. The That's sistermans. amazing. Yeah, that's yes. great. Yeah, we have definitely hung out in some hotel balconies together, being like, ouch. I love you, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> I All love those you. swear words we heard from uh, Podgy, we've muttered those while riding in, you know, essentially the, the groupetto. In agony. Um, just waiting for our stages to come. Yeah, sure, sure. It's um wishing wishing that those skinny girls up the front would just eat a dick goddamn burger. Uh, <laughs> You're like or two burgers. <laughs> Make it a double. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I mean, I can't believe that we're at this point in the conversation and we haven't even talked about Mariana Voss. Yeah. With this kind of pressure, Ellie, because we've we've it would be remiss to not say the Tour de France femme of Exwift is different to every other race. The fans on the roadside, the media that's there, the people that are, you know, investing. People like Mariana Voss, been there, done that. She's had the world's media on her for so many years now. Does that give her a bit of an advantage going in because the circus won't affect her to the same degree? I think we're going to see Mariana Voss shine. Um, hopefully, I mean... I am a huge fan of her, of course, and she is our goat of women cycling in so many ways, um, yep. which means she's going to perform higher than the, any level that we thought was possible, which is really hard to comprehend considering the levels we've seen her perform at. But when she donned the yellow jersey last year, I kid you not, and it went very live public on our podcast that I, I cried because I never saw a more fitting champion to don the yellow jersey. So she's going to feel pressure, but this is where our goat performs because I think the yellow or the green jersey ultimately suits her quite well due to her finesse, climbing ability and quickness. But if I could see her in yellow again, I mean, I will sleep so well. Well, she <laughs> and did it last she year. Is, yeah. I, she did it last year, and that was the most deserved. I, I've never seen a better champion donning these jerseys. So, but pressure, I don't think affects her, you know, because she's grown up with it for so long. And I think we need to applaud that pressure because it, this is her shot, like her time to shine. And she never thought that she could race the goddamn Tour de France Femme of X Zwift. <laughs> and now this is going to be year two and she's back on the world's arguably biggest sporting stage for women's cycling. 
I know. I've still got a little bit of um, cranky pants on that we retired too early. We were born a decade too early, Ali. Too early, yeah. um, To make it happen. I'm often pressuring Kate about making a comeback. Not going to happen. I think Kate should make a comeback if she does that well. Yeah. Oh, all right. Deal. Okay. I mean, I I actually think that Ali and I probably have a quite similar injury history. So um, I I would say good luck to us both if we (laughs) even tried. Um, Ali, before you jumped into the convo, we were talking about fans on the roadside and how they were getting all up in everybody's business. And quite frankly, we weren't happy about it. We think it's really tough and unfair on the riders. is it different in the women's race? Do you think that um, we'll see any of the women um, shove a fan out of the way like we saw Bill Bow the other day? Uh, because I, knowing you, Ali, I reckon if a fan got all up in your face on a climb, you may well do that and I would do it too. Yep. Is it fair on the riders that the organisers aren't kind of keeping a bit more fan control happening here? I think there needs to be definite control of the fans. Um whether it's ropes because i did see the ropes work well and then later up on the climb like that sort of policing or whatever was not available and it's also very hard to attack and we watch pokachar try to attack and then there's motos because the motors are stopped because of fans so not only are you ruining the races of fan by getting in the way but you're obstructing the normal caravan of a race so that can be very dangerous for a rider um i think we'll see that in the women's peloton as well um however if i'm dropped like i wouldn't mind a fan giving me a push or like a whiskey shot but like for the (laughs) ultimate safety of the rider (laughs) no i'm totally joking um but for the ultimate safety of the rider i think it's important that there is some sort of uh policing or relegating just the ability for the riders to attack because we've seen and and now as the tour has gone on a couple of days perhaps that didn't change pogachar's complete tour but those are just like bonus seconds which is his mo and that's what he does and to not be able to perform on a hill because there's nowhere to attack is very difficult yeah. so i think it'll be similar in the women's race because we're exciting and super fun to watch but also it's up to the race organization to make sure that the rider safety is paramount. It's such a delicate balance. We were talking about this as well. And it's sort of the idea of, of lawsuits against fans getting in the way and that sort of thing is starting to come into the conversation because that's how serious the issue is getting. I raised the the possibility of, how do I say this, fans getting the shits on behalf of other fans. So if a fan gets singled out, and, you know, banned or punished or whatever, that creating a bit of a wave of sentiment against the sport, basically. It's such a difficult balancing act. And the grim reality of that is that you almost need something really serious to happen for people to go, oh, wait a minute, this is actually, this is why these kind of punishments are being dished out. But how how can you possibly achieve that balance? We spoke about, you know, things like barriers being a logistical nightmare. And Kate made the point, like, you know, the climbs... In the tour, there's definitely sections where you could have barriers, and we've seen it. We've seen riders. We saw it overnight. We saw fans trying to push Jonas along to give him a bit of a hand, and I made the point that he's probably sitting there going, can you stop touching me? I'm quite introverted, and this isn't okay for me. (laughs) That's the sort of shit that you could work against. But overall, Ali, it's such a difficult balancing act to keep fans on side because you want that support. Of course you do. You want 
you want to see that passion. You want to see the peloton being celebrated and these incredible efforts that we're seeing at the tour and that we'll see at the fam as well. We want to see them being appreciated. So where do we land? How do you, how do, can you possibly meet this out? It's such a difficult decision because you do want the fans there because that's what motivates the riders. And that's the beauty of cycling is that you're not buying tickets to go to an NBA game and NHL, you know, you're, you're not going to a venue. What you're able to do is like touch, feel, smell, and possibly drink too much beers on the side of the mountain. Cause you've been there for eight hours. So they're ma- like, they're not making the best decisions in their lives. And yeah, Jonas is um, probably one of the most introverted people I've ever seen in my life. And he mm. might not want to be touched. However, I have been pushed up a mountain briefly and I was like, yes, Thank I will you. take that. <laughs> 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 like, I, mean- I need a make time cut. I'm talking with my friend Kate Bates over here, but like, we still need to finish this goddamn race. <laughs> yeah, go on, help us out. Help yeah. us out. Look, there is an <laughs> element of that. Uh, there are so many exciting things um, about the Tour de France um, femme of X-Swift. Ali, thanks for joining us, but I'm not going to let you go yet until I get your opinion on what has been one of the most contentious topics in uh, the men's race for Australians. Now, um, our most celebrated sprinter, Caleb Ewan, um, he went there with Lotto Destiny. Everybody hoped and expected for him to win some stages. Didn't turn out as planned. He didn't have... Um, the form a little bit unexpected for him. Yeah. Um, but what followed was he pulled out of the race, just physically unable to continue. His body just said no. The team publicly threw mud at him and said, just not good enough. We don't pay him for this. Yep. It's now emerged that they've said he can, even though he's contracted until the end of 2024, he can go if he wants kind of whatever out and look to qualify we're we're a little bit sad about this ali because we we love caleb we love caleb we love caleb <laughs> and we've been sad ever since wollongong last year when he didn't when they didn't put him in the aussie national team if you were caleb what would you do because this yeah. is a nightmare for any athlete i've actually thought very long and hard about this and i know you're i'm going to use the word bias but bias to Caleb because Ozzy, 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 but also for other athletes. Like I saw some quotes from Israel Prime tech with about Chris Froome, how he didn't earn his spot to go. And he's the biggest waste of money. And this is where I think cycling and maybe sports in general, but especially cycling to have your manager, boss, CEO, however you want to describe it, be it that toxic to you who are employed by a company to perform. So my opinion is it doesn't just stop at cycling or soccer or tennis or well, tennis, I guess, doesn't have teams like this, but if you had a sponsor Kate and like that publicly humiliates you that way, yeah, I, my heart broke because there is so much mental trauma and emotional like hurt that occurs from that that you're might be disappointed in your athletes your ceo your project manager your vp right so i i don't think this is cycling specific but to make it that vocal and on this stage i don't know if an athlete or human being can recover from that because it's it's ultimately attacking your own personal 
will and well-being. And I worry about that for mental health for athletes. And also, like, can you imagine working for somebody that just is like, hey, Kate, that podcast sucked. That was the worst (laughs) one I ever heard. You should be fired. And you're like, cool, I'll just, like, show up tomorrow and do it again. Like, where do you then get the best performance from your employee or your partner or your, like, my heart just broke because no one should be lambasted that way on the internet. But also, like, it's not sports specific. And then I said, why do we treat human beings this way? When if ultimately you want your human being, if you hire them, if they're your partner, if they're your coworker, if you want them to perform, that usually starts with kindness and grace. And I thought that it was a completely unacceptable. I, I think you've spoken so beautifully there. And it's such a toxic environment when you haven't, when you know that the people that are supposed to have your back don't have it. And when it's this public... And it's played out in this way. He he would be at such a such an incredibly low ebb. And the the point to add to that, Ali, on the back of a really tough year, uh, we mentioned Wollongong. We did it as a as a joke, but that that would have hit him hard. And he's had blows ever since uh, along along the way. Consistent blows, career blows, personal blows, all of that. This is this is kind of the time that you need that cuddle, and it's just not coming. It is. Kindness I, and grace. You put it beautifully yeah. there. Um, I did promise that was the last question, but alas, it's I've not. I've got one more too. So I we can, got, see can we Joel. have two more? <laughs> Are we paying Ali by the question? Oh, we can. I am here we all night for you guys. <laughs> I we am just combine here. it into one to say, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, while on Caleb, I, it would be remiss not to ask about your pick of the sprinters uh, for the fam, of course. Ooh, I'm going weebies all the way, man. Yeah, love that. Love that, Kate. Well, you know, the best thing, um, Ali, it's not just us that you're giving your um, wonderful insight and wisdom to. Um, I believe that you will be pretty busy during the FAM uh, with your own podcast. Yep. So you guys can listen in too. I do The Move, which is hosted by Lance Armstrong, Mari Holden and myself. So um, you can watch We Do's The Move every day. I get up far too early again. Um but I watch a lot of bike racing and grab some some women to come on and uh, talk about their day too as we That's cover awesome. it. So it is, it's and super um, cool. and that was your viral moment last year in broadcasting as you were brought to tears with Mariana Voss. And um, look, just quietly, Ali, I, I hope there's another moment viral moment for you again because the passion around this is sensational. Thank you so much for um, for joining us, and uh, we will be following along. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, popping up in the comments too. We'll slide into the DMs yeah. as we tend to oh, do you the Maybe well. we should do another podcast in the next coming weeks to <laughs> I'm feeling discuss a, a little more of the farm of Egg Zwift. Yeah, I'm I mean, feeling a co-production. I'm just saying, i got a lot of opinions. They're not all kosher, but I've got a lot of opinions. Oh, <laughs> oh you'd fit in really well here in the bunker because that's all we see, do. I can see Merxie. He's rubbing his hands together in the production booth. I, I think booth. I can hear him salivating over the microphone. <laughs> yeah, Merxie, stop it. Uh, yeah, no, that's really, that's really, really great. So... Really exciting. We're very, very grateful uh, for your time today, Ellie. It's been lovely to chat. Yes, thank you. And we will chat to you soon on the other end. And uh, good luck uh, with the podcasting and viva la femme. Viva la femme. And remember to watch the femme, hashtag watch the femme for the Tour de France femme of X Swift, because the more we like, watch and subscribe, the more women win. And this is really important for women cycling. We had a successful, we'll just call it the first year, and then now we're in the second year. So we just want to keep building that momentum to make women cycling extremely viable because visibility is viability. Yeah. Beautifully said. Thanks, Ali.
Thank you, Ali. I love you guys. Thank you. What a legend. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's. I think my favourite line is when she says, I don't have a favourite, but Demi's my favourite. But he's my favourite. <laughs> yes. And really uh, interesting views on um on Caleb too. I think I love what she said. It's so true. Like we don't want kid gloves and cotton wool all the time, but sometimes there's just a little bit of uh, delicacy that can help situations like that. I, I just, I really feel for Caleb. I think she spoke beautifully and uh, I've now secured all my tips for the, uh, for the fam as well. Thanks to Ali. Well, and, and on the good side, Caleb does have something to look forward to. Yes. We've got Super Worlds coming up and unlike last year, Joel. He's in. He's in. He's in. I love it. It's a good sprinter's course too, actually, in Glasgow. So the Aussie team announced um, the full Mm -hmm. roster um, across all of the different disciplines, 84 elite riders, um, including 22 paracyclists, 11 under-23s, 26 juniors. Um, We've got the likes of Logan Martin um, head-styling the BMX uh, freestyle in the BMX racing. Um, We've got... Saya Sakakabara, Lauren Reynolds, like these are, we've got actually all the big names in every discipline. It's very, very exciting. Uh, Beck Henderson in the mountain bike, uh, but Caleb will be leading um, the sprint hopes of the Aussie men. Yes. It, uh, what in a the road lineup. race. My goodness. What, what an absolute uh, weapon loaded one. <laughs> weapon, weaponized line. That's what I'm trying to say. A weaponized <laughs> lineup. There you go. I got there eventually. Uh, looking at the road race, Clark, Durbridge, Ewan, Groves, Matthews, Stannard, uh, Plapp, Sweeney. It's just an, it's an all-star. It is. All-star, rock star outfit. It's a sprinter's course. And, and if you first look at the list and you go, how does Australia have so many riders? Well, they are taking uh, some time trial specialists. So we're going to see Jay Vine line up at his first world championships uh, on the road, which is pretty exciting. I like that. Yeah, Rowan mm. Dennis as well there to sort of uh, give him a little bit of the benefit of experience and whatnot, which yes. is good to see. Can I make a quick observation, actually? I wanted to make this. Please do. While Joel. we're talking about BMX, mm. Logan Martin, of course, spearheading that outfit. But the men's elite BMX team are all Queenslanders. Oh, I just, I just, I just Sorry to anyone that's not from Queensland, but I sometimes <laughs> that maroon blood just comes to the fore. And I just wanted to point out that Alec Danaludi, Logan Martin, Josh Matthews and Jai Tui are... All Queenslanders. Boom. I know you love that with your blue shirt on over there, but just thought I'd mention <laughs> no. it. But uh, No, well, look, we've, you've got Brodie Chapman. She's yes, Brodie Chapman. from The Gap in the, in the women's... Uh, road team. Yep. And also, I'm really pleased to see Sarah Roy uh, included there as well. She's actually just like 11th hour been named in the team for the Tour de France Femme as well, of yep. Swift. So she'll be coming in in hot form. Grace Brown, I reckon. Yeah, it's, t- it's a team. It's a team. It certainly is a team. Brown, so that's Chapman, a lot Hanson, to look forward to. Oh, we'll read it like a footy team. Yeah. You got uh, Brown, Chapman, and Hanson at the back. Manly and Gannon in the centres. You got Roy and Spratt <laughs> up front. It's an incredible outfit, Kate Bates. It is an incredible outfit. So there's a lot to look forward to with um, Glasgow Super Worlds. Um, Joel, talking about Sarah Roy. Yes. I couldn't help when the Commonwealth Games oh. um, announcement happened. Of course, Melbourne, Victoria. Chestnut. Thanks, but no thanks on the Com Games uh, movement. Oh. I reached out to Sarah because she has had Commonwealth Games glory and it's been pretty important in her career to progress. And I, I just said to her, like, how's everybody feeling about that? Uh, thanks to the ridiculous time difference in Europe, um, it wasn't possible to get her on the time in this 
on the show at this time yep. zone with her preparation for um, Tour de France Femme. But what she said, she gave us a statement, Joel. I want to read it out. She said, it's extremely disappointing for the local government to back out of the games and to do so in what appears to be in opposition to the Com Games Association rather than working in unison to find a solution. I don't know all the details, but without a confirmed host city, and here's the bit that got me in the feels, Joel, now there will be so many athletes feeling stressed as for so many sports, cycling, women's cycling included, the Com Games is one of the pinnacles and it's a huge goal they've been working towards. Now they don't even know if they'll get the chance to compete and off the back of the last year's COVID, this sort of uncertainty is incredibly stress-inducing. Yeah. That's not fair, is it? To make all of the athletes feel like that around politics. Oh, it's 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 a crazy, crazy time. I think Dan Andrews, the Victorian Premier, um, his premiership was going to be remembered for COVID and the way that Victoria dealt with COVID. Some good things, some bad, but I think it's that has now been usurped by this because this was a spectacular, out of the blue call, citing costs and all that, and making the decision. In a real hurry, as Sarah alludes to as well. We got a comment from Merxy. Guys, I've got Dan Andrews on the line, actually. Uh, <laughs> G'day, no, Dan. He's just dropped out. But the mayor of the Gold Coast <laughs> says he wants to hold the games there again. Well, they've got the Tate. infrastructure. Tommy Tate. It's all in place. They did it not that long ago. So, job done. Look, I'm a keen bean to get it back uh, on the Gold Coast. Yeah. I know, Joel, you asked the questions in here. I'm Pal- f- well, Palaszczuk's already... Anastasia Palaszczuk, Queensland I'm, Premier. I'm going to flip it. Um... What's your opinion as a sports reporter on the well, relevance of Com Games? Because as an athlete, I want them to keep going. It's a very important thing for the athletes yeah. on their journey. No, I get, I get that. But what I was trying to say is Anastasia Palaszczuk, the Queensland Premier, has already come out and said, well, no, because we've got uh, Olympics coming up. So yeah, poo-poo that. It's not going to happen. So, Tom Tate's enthusiastic. We can, get, we can make it happen. Yeah, no worries. Tommy, is he going to pay for it? <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I mean, that's the ultimate bummer for me. And I understand, you know, being an adult means that you have to talk about economics. Yeah. Um, and not just in the way that you learned home economics at school, yeah. but there is a commercial reality behind it. But that's so disconnected from an athlete's journey. I, I agree. You know? And I just think it was a, an overly ambitious plan. And this all this stuff that they're saying about, oh, this came out of nowhere and that's going to cost more than we thought. The arguments have been, well, no, it doesn't need to because there's existing facilities, there's all of this stuff. And I think Sarah's hit it on the head. It's in opposition to the, the Commonwealth Games Association. It's like you haven't actually sat down and fleshed out a plan B here. I think there can be a plan B, and I completely agree the Com Games should absolutely survive. I don't, I don't necessarily think this is an existential threat at this point, but I just, it's, what are you going to do? They've rushed through these, this decision making process, not consulted doom and gloom. Uh, the reality is that. Victoria's in a, a bit of a shit position and can't afford mm. the $8 billion. I mean, my view on it is that we, at the moment we've got the Women's World Cup, the FIFA Women's World Cup going on, and all of Australia got behind the Matildas last night yep. uh, in their opening game. They are playing all around Australia and New Zealand. Yes. Uh, why can't we have the sports all around Australia? That's a really... And New Zealand. And, yep. in, you know, cycling obviously belongs in Brisbane on the Anamir's Velodrome. Yep. Um, I think Parramatta Cycling Club could step up and perhaps host 
um, the mountain biking, BMX or road races as well. Yeah, we'll just have that down at Daisy Hill, <laughs> oh, won't we? Not. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like I think that yeah, we I can do. spread the love a bit and continue to make athletes' dreams come true. Look, it's a huge logistical thing, but I think 100% there's time and there are resources in place to do it. But there's going to be pushback because of the major event frequency that's going on and that sort of thing. And the reality of this situation is that they needed to do some more negotiating and some more sorting shit out behind closed doors before this became an issue and before the public got hold of the idea that this is an $8 billion cost blowout. Because in a time like this, when we're all doing it a bit tough, cost of living and whatnot, those, hearing that is a sentiment buster. We've been talking about this a bit today. Things that are going to sway the opinions. And this is one of them. I just think logistically this has been handled so badly. The optics of this, the way they've got around and just came out and said it. The way the Com Games Association reacted on the day absolutely suggested a blindsiding of an epic nature. And I just think whoever made the decision to take this public, and I, I kind of get why they did, because it's like, we need to nip it in the bud. We need to get out there and just get ahead of this and just deal with the damage. I'm not saying that's the right thing, but it was an absolute disaster. And the thing is, if they would have spent a bit more time saying, hang on, here's a plan B, C, D, which might be taking around Australia, there's regional sports centres, there's capital city sports centres, all of that, we might have seen a different outcome. I don't think it's going to kill the games, and it shouldn't, and they don't deserve to be killed because they're brilliant. And the likes of yourself have, you know, shone in that arena. And it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant to watch as a fan, as a, as a lover of sport. It's a, it's, a, it's a magnificent event, and this is an incredibly disrespectful way to handle it. But I just think the way they've done it, they've already done it. They've already got public offside a little bit it, it, because of the timing of everything else going on, it's going to be a hard one to fight back from. Well, I tell you what, in the last couple of weeks, uh, Merxie and I have enjoyed watching The Ashes, Wimbledon, the Tour de France. We've yep. got Tour de France Femme coming up, yep. the Super Worlds, the Women's World Cup is happening. Yep. We cannot get enough. You left out State of Origin too. Oh, sorry, State of Origin. Yeah. Yes. yes, yep. Yeah. You had to sneak that one in. No, look, I, I hope I hope they can come up with the right decision. I just think it's important for the public to get the info, but sometimes you've got to handle it a lot better. You've got to time your run better, and they just handled it so badly. So I'm really worried about the backlash. For whatever plan B or C is, how is that going to be received? It's it's going to be interesting. The wonderful thing, Joel, is no backlash here in the uh, in the wheelhouse, so we don't need to worry about I, it. My backlash is firmly against the Victorian government because I just think they've <laughs> yes. made an absolute jar of marmalade out of this, yes. and it's it's quite Indeed. disgraceful. <laughs> it really, and it's an embarrassment. It really, it's a, it is literally. A, 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 at least a Commonwealth-wide embarrassment. Well, I am. I love it when we find something that you really want to uh, cut your teeth on, and I think we've found that topic. I will, here I will take afternoon. a bite out of this table, Kate Bates. That's how. I just honestly, I could not believe it the other day. But anyway, we could fall into a rabbit hole. Hopefully, we can um, have some better information on this when we come back to the bunker, which will be about a week from now. And I, 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 I want to stay across it because, as I said. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried oh, about how people are going to react. Up. Well, the Tour de France fam starts on Sunday. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week on yeah. that one, and as well as um, all of the different disciplines at Superworlds. It's going to give us a whole lot um, to get interested in. It is. Um, I'd love people to um, let us know who you're most looking forward to watching at the Tour de France fam and uh, what discipline you're going to get behind at the Superworlds. Yeah, don't tell us your favourites, but tell us your favourites. Tell us your favourites. Yeah. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast coming to you from the bunker. We've covered some territory today but now we've cracked and it's time to go uh my name's joel spreadbury your name is 
Katarina Bartes. Like, share, follow, subscribe, tell everyone you know. Uh, get involved in the Wheelhouse Podcast. See you next time. Oh,